Hi. Hello. Yeah. And welcome to. Are we doing that? Scared siblings. That was the weird. Horror podcast. <laughs> hey, sometimes the movie. Yeah. I just want to be <laughs> formal. The OVA. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like. I'm Andrea, and this is Ren. Uh, <laughs> and this is a scary podcast that we created for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure welcome. what my telemarketer's voice is. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I Did the I customer, do it? I mean, I guess not telemarketers, but like, hi, your customer service voice. Did Everyone it? has a customer service did voice. Did I just do mine? Yeah. Hi. Hi. I'm Andrea. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here to help you today. <laughs> is there anything that I can get you? Is there something that you need? Perhaps a horrible murder? Perhaps. Or like some grisly deaths? Yeah, no. So we've got some good <laughs> stuff for you today. But like, first, first... Andrea, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> they are, are terrifying. <laughs> What's terrifying? Why? Why? Oh, I have to drive into Calgary and go to a birthday party today. Okay, so is the fear the party or Calgary or both? Um, this feels like a combo. Calgary and people. Both very <laughs> worth being afraid of. They're and terrifying. I have to go be happy. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, you don't have to. My stomach's talking. Your stomach made a growl, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. That's fine. It's I know. Fine. I could just um, hide in a corner, I guess, with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> is it a kid's birthday or is it actually one of your friends? It's actually one of my friends. That's okay, why I'm so you going. Can do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe your friend will just like hand you the bottle because they, they'll like see the despair in your eyes and like <laughs> have this sinking feeling. They'll be like, oh man, this happens at all my parties. <laughs> I hate being a grown up. <laughs> I do. And everybody else should too. And my cat. A cat. I know. This is what I'm afraid of. Cats destroying everything? Yeah, okay. So Hazel... Okay, so my boyfriend, when he was down, like, in February, uh, he showed her games for cats on YouTube. It's a channel, and it's literally just, like, a red string, and cats are entranced by this shit. And she got so entranced. Like, instantly, this was her deal, and she would not stop looking for it. We had to turn off the video because she was attacking my computer, as she's doing now. Stop oh my that. God. Yeah. So she's just like watching the computer thinking that it's that gonna her game back. is going to come on. Well, she thinks it's all a game now because after she was introduced to it by by my sinister boyfriend <laughs> who ruined my life. Um like okay, so we turned it off and she would look for the red string under the computer. Yeah. So I had to lift it and show her no it's not there. She was looking for it for the next like Aww hour like hours she was looking for it and he was just like i think i broke your cat <laughs> and i'm pretty sure he did so now she's caught on to the moving things on computers yeah, aspect. she thinks they're all to play with yeah now she's just been swatting my computer constantly i can't get her to stop that's cute no it's terrible just no, gonna I, wreck the screen i like it it it's is adorable cute. it's not my computer <laughs> i know but it, uh, well it's the only computer you use you're screwed if this computer goes down I this that's computer. it yeah I have my ancient uh, PC laptop that is pretty much dying. Oh, jeez. It has everything on it that I need, though, and then I have to transfer everything. Like house, <laughs> season yeah. 500. Like. Yeah. Well, I didn't download any house. Anyway, so. 
Yes. Yeah, so that's something to be afraid of. Yeah. My poor, dear, sweet computer being whacked out of existence by this cat. Yeah. Fucking I understand cats. that. I get it. I don't know how to get her out of here either, because she'll be like, meh. She'll be upset. Yeah. She'll feel rejected. She'll give the upset meh. <laughs> the meh. The meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll feel bad, and then my heart will just be broken forever. Oh. Uh. Oh, sh- my God, look at her. I know. This she is looks, She's like... She's she's like prepared to like destroy this entire podcast <laughs> session. If we suddenly blink out of existence, you know why? It's because my cat like stuck out a paw and erased to the universe with it. <laughs> yeah, she fucking does that. Hazel could do that. She's totally in a trance right now. Yeah, no, this, she is. She has always been waiting for that red string. That's been her like. That's that's her white whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh, like baby girl. <laughs> yeah, her whole life is dedicated to finding that string or approximating its joys. <laughs> like it's a, she's chasing the dragon. I have an email. The dragon is string. I have an email. What email? <laughs> Does it involve It's from Ducks in my books. Okay. So he, uh they said, Hiya, it's Ducks again. Hi Ducks. I got another story that happened yesterday. Oh shit, that was recent. So yesterday, April twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Okay, so the email was sent. It wasn't yesterday. No, but yesterday from the email. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) My grandmother passed away sadly. Oh, jeez. And that death caused a lot of bad things to awaken in my family. My family has a lot of curses in it, uh, by witch doctors and juju, which is another kind of African magic. Huh. Now, my mom got some powers, like Raven Simone from That's So Raven. My mother dreams about the future, though, and she saw my grandmother a while back. She knew she was going to die soon, and then she saw witchcraft. Turns out my family is very cursed, so maybe the things I saw when I was younger weren't in my mind. Huh. Yeah, so it sounds like... That's weird. I wonder what you, what, what you saw. We need more details. Like the other, the other, <laughs> was that in another email, though? Like, the things that... Um... No, this was the whole email. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no. If you ever want to, like, tell us about, like, the things that you've seen, yeah. yeah. But that's that's sad. I'm sorry about your grandmother. I know. I don't know if you guys were close, but, like, if you were. I emailed them back, and I was sad. like, yeah, sorry yeah. about that. And yeah, Thank you for brutal. the story. Thank you for the story, yes. Thank you for emailing in. That's really interesting. I don't hear much about cursed families yeah. outside of movies, you know? Yeah. So I didn't actually, it's cool to hear about that experience from, like, a real person. <laughs> It'd be cool to have a cursed family. No, I don't think it no, would, totally Andrea. Awesome. No, I hey, think ducks time. in my books could tell you no. <laughs> Just a little bit <laughs> of excitement. Not, I mean, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, we probably are cursed. If yeah. the, I kind of feel like there's definitely a little bit of that that goes on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those old Irish curses. Yeah. <laughs> that I wonder what those are. To all of us Irish folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole entirety of all Ireland, North and Republic, <laughs> like just the whole dang thing. Yeah. And periphery around it. Just cursed. Like if you live in the sea surrounding Ireland, you're cursed too. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of people do, I'm sure. What is it? A E O? No, A O E. Area of effect? Yes. Oh, God. Like in video games. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Double fear. Bloodborne. Fucking area of attack. I, uh, wait. Area of effect. <laughs> oh, blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. We you forgot to do our vocal warm ups. Yeah. Before we started. <laughs> Which we definitely always do. We're professionals. Always. This is a professional podcast. And we stretch. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we do end up stretching, like, a lot, just because to move in this space, you have to be a contortionist. You do. Like, that's the prerequisite for being on the show. It's a good thing. All our guests are ran through, like, months of training beforehand. (laughs) Ugh. I just have to do it now. There we go. You seem comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Perched on one foot. That's the problem (laughs) with sharing the space, I mean, in general, but also with cats. I know. Yeah. It's like we had too much room. Yeah, they were like, oh, this looks like a nice, lovely setup that Ren has meticulously yeah, composed. Spacious. I'm going to fuck it up. You guys mm-hmm. don't need all this, all these two square feet. Yeah, don't you feel scared <laughs> you out in the open like that? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't you like being boxed in? It feels great. You should try it. Here. Yep. That's the sound of her sidling up to me. Oh, that's, that's the sound that all cats make. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mine too. <laughs> We've all been there. It's the cat noise. So today we have for you a horrifically grisly murder case. That and, uh, Ren is doing. Yeah, that I'm doing. And I'll be starting. And then we're going to close off with Andrea's uh, surprise, which was actually a request. But Yeah, I have a request. Mine was sort of a request, but it was an Andrea request. It didn't really it was. count. I was like, can you do a case and make it the most gross and personal murder ever? Yeah, and you know what? The, I mean, this probably... You know what, there are a lot of gross and personal murders out there, there, but I needed one that you hadn't heard of yet. Yeah. And this is one that was not actually as widely publicized as I'd have thought. It doesn't have a wiki page or anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I just combed through so many articles, article after article after article. And since this was somewhat recent in 2011, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of just, like, court update ones. So, yeah, yeah, no, it was a lot of reading, a lot of research, but I put it together just for you. But, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm excited. I hope you are. I I delivered on exactly what you wanted, (laughs) bowing to your whims. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm just going to let the cat out. Might as well while I'm drinking soft to edit this part out anyway. Let's see if we can uh, herd uh, Hazel out too. Hazel. Go on, baby. Come on. Go on. Come on, baby. Go on. It's up to you. It's up to you. Oh. She just flooped over there. She's so not happy. I know. She's like, oh, I don't wanna. (laughs) That was really cute. Put your notes in my sitting spot. Put your sit in my notes spot. (laughs) All right. Okay. So here is the brutal murder of Sarah Coit. I'm already hooked. Okay. Okay. It was the word brutal, wasn't it? Yes. I thought so. And murder. Yeah, oh, okay. And so Sarah. I I got you in a lot of ways. And of Yeah, that's a that's a very <laughs> that's a very provocative word. I was like, holy, this is going to be poignant. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Coit was a twenty three year old woman murdered by her boyfriend, or rather ex boyfriend, for daring to fall out of love with him, How as couples do, you know. Dare she? Right? So a lot of women state that they're afraid to say no to men, to deny men what the man wants, and to even be honest with the men close to them about their perfectly normal, rational human feelings. Denying men what they want can feel terrifying, and this case is a perfect example of why many women are afraid to advocate for themselves and for their own humanity. Sarah's case is one of many, many ways systemic misogyny has cursed humanity. So, <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about what happened to Sarah Coit. Another curse. Yeah. This is, a, this is the curse episode. I mean, this one's pretty, like, 
this is a good example of this. Like, I I didn't know it was going to be when I read it, and I was like, wow, he did all this to her for, like, casually breaking up with him. So, what he did... Uh, Raul Barrera, Sarah's boyfriend, was a 33-year-old man who worked as a uh, New York City publicist. A few re- a few sources claim that he wasn't a monster, wasn't someone who, quote, would go around hacking people. But other sources, one from a former neighbor, uh, neighbor of Raul's, disputes this. Colleen Carrerier, the former neighbor, spoke to the New York Post, stating, quote, I knew he was going to kill her. His eyes were insane. He was a killer. He looked at me like I was a piece of meat. Carrier also stated that she'd called the police one night in January when she thought Raul might be killing Sarah, and police responded but didn't arrest Raul at the time, as Why? they should have. Um, he hadn't killed her that night. Oh, we'll so wait until you yet. kill her and then we'll... Yeah, yeah, okay. thanks guys. Like, <laughs> you know, can't do anything until she's actually, until it's too late. That's how we operate. Like, <laughs> good, good job, guys. Great. Yeah, so on April 8th, 2011, Sarah and Raul got into a heated fight that culminated in agonized screams for help that woke many of their neighbors along Clinton Street on the Lower East Side of New York City. Her chilling screams began shortly after 2am, and while a lot of the neighbors looked out their windows, they couldn't see anything. So this is from the New York Times, quote, She was screaming for quite a while, said Eust Bonin, 33, a tourist from the Netherlands who was staying nearby. She was in a lot of distress. Mr. Bonin said he heard people yelling back into the darkness in a failed attempt to locate the woman making those panicked sounds. Raul turned himself in to authorities less than half an hour later, claiming he didn't know whether or not Sarah was still conscious. Other information I found elaborates on this, but for now, here's what Raul did to Sarah. Okay. After she ended their three-year relationship, Sarah was first beaten, then stabbed, eviscerated and her neck was so deeply lacerated that she'd nearly been decapitated. And he wasn't sure if she was still conscious? Well, that's a thing. Um, (laughs) From the Daily News... Sounds like she might not be. Um, actually... Oh, God. From the Daily News, yeah, Raul Barrera pulled several knives from a wooden butcher block early Sunday, cops said. Then, in a fit of rage, he used them to gouge Coit's pretty face. He sliced her across the mouth and jaw and with such force that one of the tips of the blades broke, authorities said. The blow that killed the 23-year-old blonde was a stab to the left side of her back, an autopsy revealed. It left, quote, a gaping stab wound to the left side of the torso from which internal organs were protruding, court records show. Ew. Mm -hmm. And yikes. Yep. Raul had used five different types of knives, two of which were butcher's knives, and Sarah was found with a steak knife, still protruding from her head. Oh my god. She'd been alive for all of this, only dying from the wound that had eviscerated her. So she'd probably bled out. Uh, yeah. So she was conscious for being nearly decapitated and with the knife stuck in her head, like still breathing. Still barely breathing, yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a brutal one. Uh, Many sources, including police ones, state that this was an act of pure rage. He wasn't satisfied just trying to cut her head off. He wanted to, de- to destroy her face. One source stated, quote, He didn't want her to leave, and he didn't want her to be beautiful for anyone else. So after the attack, instead of calling for any form of medical aid, Raoul first cleaned his five knives, 
then called his family members for help, like, in disposing of her or getting her out of there or something. They declined, um, probably <laughs> okay. shocked and confused as to what exactly had happened, but his dad responded. And here's from the Daily News. Prosecutors revealed that Barrera, who was arrested the year prior to this event, on unrelated assault charges, was racing to Penn Station to make a getaway when he called his dad for advice. His father told him to turn himself in, Assistant District Attorney William Beach said. There's no way to hide, the suspect's father told his son, a police source said. It would go easier on you if you turned yourself in. As Raul, after Raul, fo- Ugh, fuck. After <laughs> Raul followed his father's advice, the police rushed to the apartment from the New York Times... As medical workers took Ms. Coit out of the building, a police officer yelled up to the tenant standing in the window, asking them to turn away. It was too late. And here's a quote. It was so horrifying, said Brianna Andalore, who was in a friend's apartment. Ms. Coit was pronounced dead at Beth Israel Hospital. Mr. Barrera was arrested on a charge of murder in the second degree. The police state that they'd received four 911 calls that night. Uh, and yet they didn't seem to do this until after he turned himself in to, for it. Like, what? Hmm. I am... Um, hmm. Five knives? Yeah, and she w- she was pronounced dead at the hospital, so and she was still degree. alive. It feels like it should be first degree if you have enough time to select five knives. And then clean them. And <laughs> and, and almost decapitate someone, because that's hard. That takes effort. Like Yeah, it feels like he it's planned not... it. Yeah, like, it it was in a fit of rage, but he had enough time to definitely stop because he kept torturing her in different ways. And like and kept took choosing enough... different knives. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. usually if it's someone who really just does it in complete blind rage, it happens, it's over in, like, five minutes, and they usually just stab someone, like, yeah. over and over, right? Like, or shoot them or something. Like, it's not, you know, aiming to destroy their face, then decapitate them. Oh, and the yeah. destroying her face part, too, right? Like... Yeah. No, this seems like it should be first degree to me, too. But I know that there's something probably written in the books about what counts as first and what counts as well, second. Well, it's that premeditation that counts as first. But yeah. But it feels like you can start have. having premeditation even in your even while you're in the middle of doing it. Like, the first couple stabs would be, Yeah, it like would be second not, degree, not premeditated. But then after that, if you keep going and picking up different knives, at that point you've thought this through. Yeah, exactly. Like, at that, that's true. I think, yeah. like, premeditation shouldn't have to be, like, you know, we planned this for months. It should be, like, yeah. you kept going, you kept doing this purposefully after, yeah. you know. it wasn't just a quick stab in a fit of rage. It was a bunch yeah. of different... Ugh, well, yeah. and it takes time to try to decapitate someone. Like, this took half an hour total, so... Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, uh, the final text, Sarah's father, Lind Coit, had sent her, simply read, I love you. He didn't know she'd been dead for eight hours by that time. Lind later told the New York Post, and there's a quote, When I identified Sarah's body in the basement of the morgue, he told the judge, her injuries, the look on her face, the terror, will haunt me for the rest of my life and haunt the rest of her family. No kidding. Yep. Jesus. Just because she broke up with him? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, apparently he'd been abusive before, right? And according to that one neighbor, like, she totally thought he was capable of killing Sarah, but, yeah. like, and she called the police, and they did shit all, apparently, so. And he'd been arrested on assault charges that were unrelated, to. So he was not a good guy, but, like, you know, they'd been in a relationship for three years, so she, you know, was probably falling out of love with him, and if he yeah. was abusive, that's, that's 
fair. That would do that, yeah. I mean, it's fair regardless. Like, sometimes that just happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so this was done just because they had a fight because she just had decided to break up with him that night, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. Let them break up with you. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, if they don't want to be with you anyway. Yeah, then what joy are you, you going to get out of this? Yeah. Well, for him, it was obviously possession. Because, yeah. Like, he looked at her as a possession because, like, he didn't want her to be beautiful for anyone else. So, it's just, yeah. That's the bad I know. <laughs> I know. I'm a little tongue-tied about <laughs> this one, too. This one was uh, very sad. Yeah. yeah. It was And I've never one. heard of that one. No, because it's actually... I found it on a list of rare ones, and then I did a bunch of my own research on it. But You um, had to do a rare one. You had to, like, look up a rare Because you know I read all about murders. Well, there, there's, like, you know, when you look up list of, like, gruesome murders and stuff, like, Listverse and Ranker come up, and I know that you look at Ranker, and I was like, no. I do. No, she'll know. So I had to find <laughs> one on fucking BuzzFeed, and it was obscure. <laughs> And so I had to do my own info from there. Actually, I'm not even sure if it was BuzzFeed. It was something. It was a list thing. Something that wasn't Ranker. Because yeah, I'm always talking about Ranker. Yeah, I yeah. actually found the one on Ranker. And I was like, nope. So I didn't even look at the list. I was <laughs> like, nope, she's already read this list, I'm sure. So I just closed out of it. Yeah, and I kept going. But I found, like, some other cool ones that I'm going to request of Andrea. Oh, um, good. And by cool, I mean, like, less personal and devastating, but actually horrific. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited to do next week's, too. Yeah. So, Andrew. This week, I have a request. Yeah. This comes from one of our patrons. Yeah. So, one of our patrons requested that we do, like, uh, scary cave stories. And um, I think they were requesting, like, more, like, haunted caves. But, you know, like, hauntings kind of just all are very similar. Yeah. Things <laughs> fly. Steps echo. Doors slam. Yeah. Um, and it turns I, out like, to be a satanic witch. As you... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always a witch. And <laughs> I, I always love the satanic part. It's still so silly. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I was like, okay, I want to get like actually interesting stories. Mm, so yeah. it's a big variety, but it's all scary cave stories. And the first one is from a Reddit person, I think. Yeah. Uh their handle is secretly psycho. <laughs> That's not promising. So this is from them. So was playing in the woods and tripped over something solid. Found it was a cement circle and realized it was an underground door. What? Yeah. Ooh. The next day I come back with a crowbar to open and like hell I'm going in unarmed. Pull it up and it's a Cold War era personal bomb shelter that failed. Oh, yikes. There is a giant crack in the roof. The floor was covered in slime. But what was worse is the walls were covered are covered in writings. This is the end. We must die. Everyone is gone. Slime? Weird, right? What? Till I find the back wall and there's a giant red scrawl that says, get the fuck out of my home. Whoa, what? That's it. Fuck this. I'm fucking out. I sprint up the door and close it. I don't want to know what the hell that was, but I come back the next day. <laughs> it's burned out. I didn't set a fire intentionally, and I didn't smell smoke leaving. What the fuck? Yeah, so... And this isn't, like, a creepypasta one, hey? Because Reddit can be hard to tell, but... Yeah, um, this one wasn't. This was um just stories like from Reddit stories, users yeah. that... Users, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like, like came across personal. things. And it's not exactly a cave. This is, like, a bomb shelter, obviously, but... Yeah. It's pretty similar. I was like, this one's creepy. That well, it is really it. that's really fucking creepy. And I like the idea, like that bomb shelter from way back when 
would phrase it as get the fuck out of my home. Like, I know. That's not old timey. Isn't that weird? So that that sounds more like a recent person has been doing this. It's possible that there is like someone living in someone there. squatting in there and then. And they're not a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> They just didn't slime. want to share with anybody else. They want to share. Is- <laughs> this is my slimy cave. Like, <laughs> you can't. Everybody have it. will. Everybody will want my slimy bomb shelter. <laughs> Favorite bomb I better, shelter. I better claim it. Yeah. Big red words. Yeah. No, it's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I claim most things. Me like, too. If there's a food I want. I will just like prick my finger and write in blood and vomit. <laughs> Get the fuck away from my chicken or something. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next one is the Bell Witch Cave. Ooh. So this one had a cool history um, because of the story. So in 1804, a farmer named John Bell moved his wife and kids to a farm along the Red River in the north, uh, Robertson County. <laughs> Okay, I was going to be like, north <laughs> is like a lot of places. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, the north, I was like, I've heard of it. where that ends, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I, I've heard of that area. Yeah. It's in the north. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, it's nice. So it's in North Robertson County. Okay. Um, the property included a cave which became known as the Bellwitch Cave. Hmm. It was said to be haunted by the spirit of a witch named Kate Batts who felt cheated by the bells in the, in the land purchase. What? So they, they got it for cheaper than what she was willing to sell it for. Oh, okay. Uh, so strange animal sightings began in the summer of 1817. Um, and there were also strange noises like knocking on the door and knocking on the walls outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And eventually the noises started happening inside the home. And it included like sounds of gnawing, choking, and dragging. Hmm, Bad. And then violent attacks started on Betsy, who was the youngest Bell daughter. She would have scratches and uh, her hair would get pulled and she'd get physically beaten. By like an unseen. By an unseen force, That's yeah. fucking scary. And then the father, John, was prone to choking fits and illnesses and then he died in 1820. Oh, so like not that long after. Yeah. And mm. when he died, um, Betsy called off her engagement and – the witch felt her vengeful work was done and went home to her cave for years. And that's the story behind it? That's the story behind it, yeah. And oh, she weird. apparently returned to the home in 1828 and spoke to John Bell Jr. and promised to return 107 years later. Ugh. But there's a lot of paranormal activity near the cave and around the town, so locals believe that she never actually left. So the they have got that story from history, and they yeah. believe, they believe it actually happened for sure because of the paranormal stuff. The that story happens with now. the bells did happen. Oh shit! Um, the story about the witch is, you, you know, know, but yeah. th- with the paranormal activity surrounding the cave, it makes sense. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. It's, Jeez, that one's a big one. Like you cheated. can actually do like a full. I could actually do like a full case on the bell, the uh, witch bell haunting. Witch oh yeah, probably yeah. to go into like what's happened in the in there recently and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, if you feel cheated, you could just, like, do a spell to, like, steal her money. I know, Which is right? also called just, like, you know, Plus, you didn't have to sell. Like, why wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't you just, Yeah, I just be like, okay, be like, you know no. what? I want more money from yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> don't sell and then be like, wait, I want more. Yeah, this cave, this cave is worth a lot, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> Look at the quality Look of this cave. Look at these stalactites. Yeah, these are these are the like top quality stalactites. These are the original stalactites. Yeah, stalagmites as well. <laughs> that's, that's a bonus. Two. I threw and those that are in also for you. the originals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and vintage stalactite. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah. So here's the next one. There's a hair. There's mm. always a hair. What is this? Why is my life like this? <laughs> I don't know, Ren. It seems like you may have to make some changes. <sighs> so this is the next head. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Mossdale Cavern Disaster. Uh-oh. So a guy named John Ogden and five of his friends went 3.2 kilometers deep into an unmapped part of England's Mossdale Caverns in 1967. And mm. then suddenly the rain began. Ooh. The creek outside the mountain started rising and this whole thing became a full-on flood. Okay. In the caverns? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So uh, the entrance ended up being buried under the rising lake, and water came into the cave. Yeah. Ogden and his group started crawling through the narrow tunnel when they heard the rumble of rushing water spilling in up to their necks. Oh, no. Um, there was He spotted a small crack in the rocks up ahead, so he forced himself up the fissure and it pulled his head into, like, a tiny pocket of air at the top. But there was no room for anyone else to be oh. up there with him, so all his friends died. He had his head above the water, and he was trapped in that narrow crevice, and it was days before he was found, and he was dead. Oh, so he actually got worse than his friends. And... Yeah. Hmm. And they obviously, like, deducted all of this stuff. Just from, like... Or deduced all of it. Deduced. Deducted. deducted. Yeah, deducted is reduced. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. deduced, yeah. Uh, he, they obviously deduced from all of, like, their positions and stuff what happened. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I know. Uh, I'm scared of caves. Like, I love the idea of cave diving. Yeah. Like, because we had the option to do Well, there's do cave that diving and then there's Victoria. cave exploring. Yeah. Like, cave diving is underwater caves. Yeah, which you do need to be able to, like, hold your breath and yeah. go under for a bit. And, but that's scary Those to are, me. That would be the worst. Yeah, no, I'd be terrified of that. I'd, I want, I'd want to tank. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um. But we had that option in um, Victoria. There's like cave exploration, oh, but yeah. but they weren't they underwater. Were... Caves. One was one was the it? the really advanced long one did have underwater parts, and you had to be oh, somewhat okay. experienced. But, but the other ones were more technically just cave diving. It was like sort of cave swimming. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> underwater and through tunnels and stuff. But it, yeah. and it was deeper into the cave, and you had to like sign off that you had experience. Like you had to take a one hour course before you did it and stuff. But um, the other ones were more just exploration. Yeah. yeah. And those are, those are fine. Like I like the idea of just easy caves. Yeah, like but just I don't want to crawl it. through tight spots, and I don't want to no. go underwater in a cave. No, no. tight no. underwater spot, especially. I think I'd panic. Like I just, would too. Like, I don't even stuck. like doing it in video games. I freak out. Oh yeah, oh me too. So I can't Ugh. imagine I would be willing to do it for real. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so this next one is the cave beneath Poganika Bay. Okay. So in two thousand two. So this is about somebody named MK. They didn't have their real name there. Okay. But in 2002, divers found MK's body at the bottom of an underwater cave in Croatia, 177 feet below the surface. Oh. MK was alone, but their diving mask was removed, and they had a 12-inch knife in their chest. What? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. So they thought it might be a murder. No kidding. Right? And they investigated because he had gone with friends, so they thought... Like one of them had one turned of the on friends him. Had, yeah. But the forensics revealed that he had actually gotten lost in the maze of the cave and his oxygen ran out and he started drowning. Oh. So he ended up swimming up to an air bubble between two rocks and tried to breathe it in, but it wasn't enough to save him. Oh. And he was afraid of the pain of drowning. So he stabbed himself in the chest. 
Oh, that's to actually tragic. show that he did kill himself. And oh. It wasn't murder. I mean, I feel like being stabbed in the chest would hurt a lot too, but I guess it's maybe quicker than drowning. It depends yeah. on where you hit with yeah. the knife. Yikes. Yeah. And you do feel less pain underwater, but um Yeah. I do Wow, that's so sad. I know. That poor that's man. That's why yeah. I mean Oh. Uh. Yeah. So then the next one is the Sturkfontine Caves. <laughs> this was a uh, guy named Peter Vahulsel. Ah, yes. Good old Peter Vahulsel. <laughs> he went cave diving with his friends in South Africa in 1984, and he started ignoring the safety guidelines. Peter. I know, Peter. There Peter. was a line through the water that everybody was supposed to follow, but curiosity kept driving him to explore the passages off of the path. The third time he went off of the path, his friends couldn't find him. He got lost and his oxygen was running low. He found a small island at the end of the tunnel and got out onto the island. Um, But there wasn't enough oxygen. Like, he didn't have enough oxygen in his tank to find his way back out. So he just had to sit there and wait for rescue. Oh, no. Yeah. It took them six weeks to find him. So he ended up starving to death. And... Uh, he left a final message for his wife and mother scrawled in the sand. I love you, Cheryl and Ma. Oh, Isn't that sad? That's so sad. Ugh, I can't uh, even imagine. Be careful. Be careful, people. Don't ignore the safety guidelines, but... Yeah. I mean, wow. Don't go off the path. No. If you're... No one deserves this. Cave even if- diving, especially. If you're underwater and you have to depend on oxygen... Yeah, I know. I'd be too scared to do that shit anyway i'd probably I would, end up like fucking up the guideline just because i'd like panic and fuck oh up i know the i would yeah. panic like yeah. underwater i would immediately panic oh in tight spaces like feeling the rock on all sides no. oh yeah i don't like it oh. okay ah my foot okay um, <laughs> what happened it's asleep now i have pins and needles the cavern of despair <laughs> <laughs> hey this is way worse What's happening to me? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> compared to all this tragedy. Well, Andrea's <laughs> got a asleep. story for you. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one is the Mammoth Cave. Oh. So in 1920, it was a tourist destination. Mm-hmm. One section of it was owned by a guy named Floyd Collins, who called his part of the cave the Crystal Cave. Oh, cool. The Enterprise was losing money because of inaccessibility compared to the other caves of, like, his competitors. <laughs> So people I love were, that. What? Competitive caves. Competitive. My caves the better cave than your caves. Yeah. <laughs> just look at the... Like, just it's look all just at like my cave. caves. Yeah. My cave's better. <laughs> like, I love the idea that there's like a cave market. <laughs> <laughs> like the cave stocks are plummeting. <laughs> caves just aren't as in high demand as they once were in 1817. <laughs> um, so... He decided, he's like, okay, to make my cave more competitive, <laughs> I'm going to dig out a new entrance. Oh, yeah. But he became pinned when a boulder dislodged and fell on him. Oh. He was Oof. found the next day, but no one could move the boulder, and this became like a media frenzy, and tourists came to see. Classy. And it became an actual tourist attraction. <gasps> there were souvenir stands and food stalls set up as people tried to rescue him. That's really, really, like, cold. Yeah. Wow. And then something like a cave-in, yeah, a cave-in happened, and it blocked him off from everyone else and prevented them from reaching him. So at this point, he could no longer be given, like, food or anything. Oh, no. Um, so he ended up dying of exposure alone in the dark. Oh. And they were finally able to remove his body. His father sold the cave and gave permission for his son's body to be exhumed, 
and put on display in a glass case by the new owner. Because he'd become a tourist attraction. Yeah. That's really It's kind off. of a weird thing to do. Yeah, I don't For like your that. son. Um, yeah, that is really, really weird. But maybe yeah. they needed, like, the money for, like, funeral costs and such. I don't know. But, like, maybe. that's really... I don't but know. it sounds like he already had a funeral. Like, he was already buried and then they had him exhumed. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he at least got a funeral. So lots of people came to look at his body, right? Yes. And it was later stolen. What? Somebody stole his body. Um, and then it was found in a field with its leg missing. And then they put it back on display until 1961 when the National Park System bought the cave. What? Since then, a ghost haunts the cave. His ghost. Yeah, I right. would too. Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible. So people will hear his voice calling and begging for help. And he throws rocks and pushes visitors, probably because he's not happy about his situation. Well, if I were trapped and starving to death and pinned and, like, suffering and people were just, like, chatting and taking pictures and yeah. whatever, I'd and, be like, kind of, like... and, like, going to food stands and I was starving. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, are That's you serious? Disgusting. It's just rude. That's so fucking tacky and awful. It's really tacky. Yeah, I can't imagine ever, like, making a tourist attraction of someone suffering. Like, that's gross. I know. Like, what the fuck? I know. What the fuck? Yeah. Ugh. So don't do that. Disturbing. It was in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. I think people would be. People are. Well, I hope people would be more then. sensitive now. They would be now. Um, but it would depend. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, some situation. pretty bad things happen now too. Like there's like, uh, what is it called? Like uh, misery tourism or something, or poverty tourism. Um, is that where you like walk in? Like, go on a tour in poverty-stricken areas and just look at... Yeah, and, like, basically live that way, but they've got the option to, like, leave whenever they want, right? Like, people who choose to be homeless. Oh, my God. Because they think it's, like, I don't know. That's such an in-your-face kind of thing. I know. Like, if you have a choice, don't pretend you're, like, like those, like, people who are actually homeless because... Like, they would probably not choose to be that way if they could. Well, I mean, most people choose shelter. And that's the thing. If you aren't going to use your shelter, you know what? Then if you're yeah, determined, give it to them. Give it to them. If yeah. you want to be homeless, then, <laughs> then give, give your home someone. to someone who doesn't want to be homeless anymore. Yeah, who doesn't want to freeze to death or stuff. Yeah. yeah, like most people, you Like, know? it's not, I doubt, like, I mean, it's, it's not probably somewhat of do. a culture. Yeah. I think, but uh, um, still, I think for the most part, people don't choose that life. Yeah, and there is a there is that term for it. I can't remember if it's uh, poverty or misery tourism or something along those lines. I know what it is, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm completely pinning it right, the yeah. word-wise. But yeah, no. So there is a word because people keep doing that. And I'm like, why? It's usually people like out of like high it. school who just think it's like this cool like bohemian thing to oh, do. Oh yeah, like bohemian like, and yeah, free. And... Yeah, they think they're like the modern day version of a hippie. It's kind of uh. like, hmm... I don't know. (laughs) It just seems like you're running away from any responsibility when you do that. Yeah. Which is fine. If you don't want responsibility, okay. But yeah, if you're not ready for it, okay. But like most of them aren't doing it. But don't pretend that that it's cool and bohemian. Yeah, no. Just face up to the fact that you don't want to be responsible for anything. Yeah, or at least for certain things. That's fair to want to get away. Uh, But most of the people aren't doing it for that reason, right? No, most of the people who are homeless didn't choose that life well even the people the like misery or poverty tourists uh they're not doing it because they want to live freely they're doing it because they really like the idea 
of being able to say like I've seen some things and I've been oh homeless. Yeah, like have it's your more own like that. experiences. Yeah, find your own shit. Will happen to you. I promise. <laughs> you don't have to make it. Yeah, that's true. Life <laughs> will actually do some terrible things to you. Regardless. Yeah, just wait. Give it time. Yeah. Something terrible will happen. Yeah, we promise. Don't we worry. promise. Like <laughs> Andrea okay. will come to your house and do it for I you. I can even help. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll I'll try to prevent her, but there's only so much I can do to stop this whirlwind of a <laughs> beast to the sister of mine. He can't stop me. She's one of the Bloodborne bosses. I I don't know if you know that, but like if you get an extension pack, like you just go in there, and she doesn't turn into like a monster or anything. She's kind of there, and it's like the hardest boss fight. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just me spewing negativity at you. <laughs> Basically, and you just for can't hours. stop it. <laughs> and then you talk about, like, your work benefits. And, <laughs> yeah, and unionizing. Yeah. <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> but, yeah, send us your own cave stories, oh. as I'm sure you have. And oh, what? What? Uh, we have this new uh, podcast. I think we talked about it on one of our previous episodes. Oh, yeah. Dead Time Stories. Yes. Zed. Yes, you should um, check out Dead Time Stories. Yeah, it's great. They're just – they're fun to listen to. I like that. Uh, they're funny, but, like – like the, they tell creepy stories, which is, I think, the best combo. It's my favorite. Is the comedy scary? Yeah. Like it's ours. More like obviously ours. Obviously, it's my favorite because it's ours. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> it's our favorite style because it's, it's exactly what we do, basically. Yeah. But, so if you like yeah. what we do, you'll like them. Yeah. If you're just into that more like casual, conversational feeling, like you're hanging out with friends, uh, telling creepy stories to each other kind of deal, then yeah, check out Dead Time Stories. Hey guys, I'm Sarah. And I'm Stephanie. And we're the hosts of Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories, with a Z, is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts, hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky, and all around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Is it where is Does it? it sum up 12? No! <laughs> the Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at 5, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, 5. <laughs> no, 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 70. He was like, thank you, 5. <laughs> Fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, you, you want this? You want this? Come Come and get welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. All right. And, yeah. And if you have any stories or anything or you want to talk to us, you can email us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. Yes, and we are Two Scared Sibs uh, on Twitter and Two Scared Siblings literally everywhere else, and we're planning on getting a YouTube video out soon. We are. Oh, yeah. We promised it last month. We promised it a while ago, but it is coming. It's just, it's taking us a while to get our clip art. Yeah, our icon art. art. Our thumbnail art. <laughs> just clip, clip art. art. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard for us to find Clippy. <laughs> the, that paper clip. Uh, uh, yeah, so. The clip art's just, just not what it used to be. We're just working on getting our thumbnail art. Yeah, yeah. we're working on getting our thumbnail and like our like cover art in general for various videos. And it's going to be fun, actually. Yeah. Uh, we've got some people working on it. So, and if you want to send us art. If you want to send us some art. You can, like, yeah, because we might switch it up. We were kind of looking for cartoon drawings of us. Yeah. And, like, sort of pertaining to the podcast, obviously. So, like... Yeah, like, cartoonish. Holding a knife or something or whatever. Like... Yeah. Whatever. Like, us facing Hanging out other. with some ghosts. 
Yeah, exactly. Just cute cartoonish representations of us or whatever. Yeah. Like, whatever your style is, you just send it on in if you want. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Yeah, we'd like and to see it And we might even use it. Yeah, we might use it. We'll probably end up switching up thumbnails, obviously, for yeah. here and there. So, and we, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially if we do different series or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it'll give us stuff to put on our Instagram, where we're two scared siblings. Yeah. And Twitter, where we're two scared sibs. Yep, and email us your stories one more time at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. All right. Oh, and our personal ones, uh, Andrea Noel 3 on Twitter. And I am at Toy Carousels. All right. So All right. we'll hopefully see you there. Yes, come talk to us. Chat, chat, Lovelies. chat. Also, also, you get a kiss. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Andrea's like, oh, God. <laughs> she's willing to return to our ancient welcome to two scared siblings we say in unison thing, but she's not willing to give <laughs> even a single peck on the cheek. So sorry. No, right. it's okay. You don't have to if you don't want to. No, it's I will kiss. This is a very personal act. It's our thing I understand. now that you made our thing Well, it can be. just be my thing because I am just a very kissy, lovey person. I know you but are. But you are a bloodborne boss, so like, yeah, you know, no, it's, it's different. different roles. <laughs> All right, so here's a kiss. Mwah. We love you. Sleep well. Yeah, I love you-ish. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right. You're okay.